Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. Today I'm spending a few moments with Sean Morgan of the group Seether. I'm Hi. so glad you came to talk to me today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I, I, we were just talking off mic. You have a lovely accent from <laughs> where? Uh, from, I'm from South Africa. And so. how, did, how did you end up here? I'm just curious. Um, there was a record company here called Wind Up Records, um, and they flew us out in 2001, right around June or July. Mm-hmm. And then we, we did a showcase here, and then we, we got signed and we moved over in January 2002. So Wow. Ever since then, we've been, yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've been bouncing around. Uh, I lived in LA for some for some time, and mm-hmm. then I, I lived in New Hampshire, which I loved, and I currently live in Nashville. So that's know. pretty. That's pretty amazing. Kind of been it, all over the place. It's a little cliche to be a musician living in Nashville, though. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it works. So that's yeah. where all the amazing songwriters are, though. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. true. You're in good company. I'm just trying to have that rub off on me a little bit. Have a little bit of that energy. You know. <laughs> Um, I know that you have something that we're, we're going to talk about something pretty serious yeah. today. Uh, in addition to the new music that's that's out, I want to get to that in a minute as well. Right. But you have the the Rise Above Fest that yes. you're doing for a very. Tell me first of all, tell me about the uh, event. Well, I mean, uh, it was conceived. My, my brother committed suicide ten years ago, and so mm-hmm. the, the whole the whole you know you spend a couple of years in this this fog and this haze of misery, and then we decided, well, I want to do something positive about you know take a tragedy and turn it into something positive and maybe what we can do is, is give something back to some people that are, that are in need in, in, in a similar circumstance. So we started the festival up in, in Bangor, Maine, because at the time I was living in New Hampshire, so I wanted it to be more local. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a Darlings Pavilion. It's this, little, this beautiful little venue out in the middle of nowhere. And we're most proud at this point of not even the attendance, but that the one year we got 147 noise complaints, <laughs> which was the record we looked to, to break every year. Um, 147 <laughs> noise complaints. Well, I mean, you know, normally it's a lot of country guys that are up there so there was a lot of rock bands that year and whenever we do it it's, it's a little bit more noisy but anyway so it's it, it's been it's been for this is the fifth year now and and um, it's grown from a single day festival to a, a two-day festival now mm-hmm. um, and we've had some we've had some of the biggest bands in in, in rock and the great thing is that we, we work with this 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 this, uh, this they're called save it's a suicide awareness voices of education and mm-hmm. basically what they do is, is is they they what the money we raise goes towards them and then they they put that towards a lot of it to do with work with, with vets especially um, and what we like to do as well is <clears throat> we'll have some of these guys come out they identify a couple of vets that are um, let's say more at risk and have more of a sort of a PTSD situation going on and then what they'll have is we'll fly these guys out and we'll put them up in a hotel let them go gamble in the casino you know buy them booze um, let them hang out backstage and kind of just show them a good time. Just, just, just yeah, I don't know, just to sort of give them a, a ray of sunshine in, a, in an otherwise what seems to them kind of a hopeless day or a hopeless situation. Tell me a little bit more about, about your brother. How old was he? Uh, he was 26 years old. Um, and there's a whole thing, the, the, the thing that I think there's a, there's a little bit of, the story as far as I'm concerned is what happened was he was diagnosed with ADHD and he was given quite a, a strong dose of, of uh, Ritalin. And the state laws being as different as they are, he got a prescription in, in Georgia, I believe. And then when he was with us, he was traveling around. And so he would cross state lines and then some doctors wouldn't honor that prescription. So it was very difficult for him to get this medication that he really needed. And, and then at the, towards the end of it, I think about the six months prior, he just stopped taking it completely because he just 
it was too much of a hassle. And I think that, that that's what sent him into this sort of chemical downward spiral because you can't you can't alter I think brain chemistry that significantly and then just cold turkey with something and hope it's all going to end up well. So yeah, we, we were on tour. We were up in, in Sturgis and and he decided um, it was pretty. I mean, you know, he he jumped out the window of, of a hotel room we were staying in, mm-hmm. and I think at the time, you know, he just kind of felt like he was going to be dramatic. I don't I don't know for a fact that I think that he was a hundred percent trying to trying to kill himself in that sense you know but regardless i mean that that that's that that's that's just you know you, you kind of move on it's been 10 years this year so you know living through someone the suicide side is just kind of rough it's like you know you have to you have to deal with the unanswered questions and the the guilt that you feel for still being around and what didn't you do right what did what did what, what signs did you miss and honestly you, you know you spend so much time mulling over what you did wrong and you really i don't know that you know, I blamed myself for a long time. Other people blamed me because I was there. Why didn't I do something? I'm like, well, I wasn't next to him, you know. Um, so I think it's the the survivors of, of suicide. It's, it's kind of a that's that's pretty rough to deal with, you know. You um, you can never know the mind of another human. Yeah. No, you can't. And that's why I'm saying there's only speculation. You know, and there's, and there's, yeah. there's never really you're never going to have that. And for the rest of your life, you won't have the answers. <laughs> it's just like yeah. you. And as soon as you accept that, then then you sort of find some sort of peace. And that takes a long time. For, it took, took me a long, long time to to accept. Okay, there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I missed. There was nothing I, I could have said or done. But maybe I could have. Depending, you see, I still have that doubt. Mm-hmm. Had I been in the room, but I wasn't, and, and, and it was a decision that he made, and, and so I just know that being the one that's still left behind is really, really brutal. And if we can help, maybe not help people that are considering suicide to understand the, the devastating effect of what they do, but maybe to, to at least to, to open a dialogue and give them something to to, to say. Well, this is how I feel. Um, and I want somebody to listen to me, and that's the big thing. Nobody likes to talk about this stuff. And yes, when kids are saying, you know, when they when they act out at school and they and they say they're suicidal, they are looking for attention. But it's not always negative, and it's not always for the wrong reason. Some of those kids really, really just want somebody to listen to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And for somebody to care. And I think that that's at the end of the day what we what we trying to we're trying to show that there's somebody that does care about these kids and and, and about the vets and, and and about anyone that that's considering you know, hurting themselves. You have a unique position, perspective, whatever you want to call yeah. it, that you are somebody that, you know, as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of music fans, especially, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of look up to you guys and, yeah. and, you know, you're well known and you're in a good position to get this kind of word out. Yeah. I would assume that people come up to you and say, hey, this is a really cool thing you're doing or, gee, yeah. how did you deal with it? Because I'm dealing with the same thing. Do you hear a lot of that? Yeah, especially around that time of year when we were up there, we, we hear a lot of stories. We, you know, I met a dad a couple of years back who, was t- who told me that his daughter had tried for the fourth time to commit suicide, and she was at that point only sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, we meet we met somebody who had just lost a brother two weeks prior, and there's so much. It's it's almost like at this point, there's only one or two degrees of separation, but between you and knowing somebody who's been through it, and that's kind of that's that's. It's just sad, you know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think we're on this crusade to save lives, but I, I think we're just on a, we're just trying to say, look, there's there are other things to think about and other ways to look at this before. If that's the one solution, your if that's your end game, and that's the only way you can see 
you know, your way out of a situation that you find uncontrollable, then there's nothing we can do about that. But at least we can say, look, there's the, the path can diverge a little bit. And you can, there, there could be, who knows, you know, you could turn it into music, you could turn it into art, you could turn it into some form of expression. Speaking of music. Right. You, uh, <laughs> I like that segue. <laughs> hey, how, how about that? You have Poison the Parish. Yes. Is this, is it, when did this come out? Uh, this came out May 12th. Oh, so this brand new Too much fanfare, apparently. Well, <laughs> okay, I deserved that. I had that coming. Uh, <laughs> well, I may not recover. I may not recover from this. Um, tell me a little bit about it. Uh, first of all, tell me about this particular album. And then right. I want to know how it changes, or if your music changes, depending on where you're at. Because you've lived in different places. Yeah, yeah. I, well, this is the seventh album. Um, I think it's the, 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 f- the officially the fifth studio album, but there's been seven, seven in total. I got to produce this one, which is the first time that's happened. So we didn't have somebody else coming from the outside. And then... Did you, you know, like that? Having oh, I that loved kind it. of control? So much power. So much... <laughs> so much I wielded so much power. It, it was... What I liked about it is I spent, some, I spent nine months writing the songs. And then by the time we get into the studio, I knew what I wanted them to sound like. And I had hashed out all the parts in my head and, and all the harmonies and all that kind of stuff. And so when you get in, when you get in there, it was really a, a question of, okay, well, this is... These are the songs. These are the structures. Let's just make them sound as good as possible. And that that really was. And you know, for for a lot of it was replacing. When I write songs, I I, I have this really awkward keyboard drumming setup that I have to drum on because I'm not a very good drummer. So when I when I'm writing you know drum tracks for these songs, I have to tap it out and I look a little silly. But so it's much nicer to have a real guy come in and do that too. You know, it sounds more a little bit more authentic. But. Anyway, and uh, so this one was uh, written in Nashville, and, and I think there is something to be said for where you are, and I think maybe not geographically, but more maybe emotionally in your life, as, as far as there were some albums I'd, I did where I was completely hammered the whole time, and I don't remember much of it, and, there were, and this one I was, in fact, the opposite. So it was it was an interesting experience to be completely lucid and, and really dig into these, these songs and try and... Analyze well, not really analyze, but I, but I guess as I was going, I, the, the direction I was heading in became more apparent, which is easy if if you're not you know <laughs> if you if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think it was it, there was a conscious decision to to return to something that was a little bit more, I don't know, passionate and angry and and um, and, and not to necessarily pander to a record company's aspirations where you'll become the next um, alternative rock hit band you know and, and it's just not it's not who we are so it was more of an embracing of what we are as a band and what we like to play and what we like to hear and I think as soon as that that became the, the nature of what this album was going to be it, it, was, it was far more liberating than, than having to deal with a record company that's constantly on your shoulder peering at you saying so you know well that's too you know we need less guitar in that and that's you know we like all the pretty stuff we don't like any of the other stuff that like the, the stuff that really drives your soul you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds a little pretentious but I mean it, it, at the end of the day it is and this is all stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the album and, I, and I've, I've, I wrote all the songs and, and it's the one f- for a change where I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it from start to finish and I, I don't think I would change anything would you say that uh, out of out of all of the stuff that you've created with the band w- is this more authentic than yeah. anything else yeah I think so I mean I I I, had, I really had my hand in everything. I wrote all all of it. Now this is this is the music the, and the. I used to, you know, we used to. There were some albums where we wrote stuff together in a room together, and but a lot of the time it was it was me isolating myself and, and and doing this. But this time it was it was really me taking ownership of the fact that that 
I wrote this stuff and I worked really, really hard on it. Mm-hmm. And while while other people were on vacations, I was in a, in a dingy little room somewhere writing music. And it's not I have nothing against somebody else having a vacation. I look forward to one one day when I'm retired. One day. Apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 it was just, yeah, it was, it was I feel, I feel empowered, I think, I guess, by it. And, and I feel like I'm really proud of it because I know that what I've done here is, is better than I think stuff that I've done in the past and certainly represents me and what I hope for this this band to be represented as as well. Sean Morgan, thank you. Good luck with the uh, with the uh, festival, and uh, God bless you for what you're doing. Thank you, appreciate it. It's amazing. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This is Fox News Radio. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.